I'm Sadi Simone, and we're here at the Alma Festival at the Six Senses in Ibiza, and it's absolutely stunning. <laughs> I reset by breathing. The breath is your best friend. It's been my best friend, and everyone who's seeking genuine transformation, the breath is the gateway to your body where, you know, genuine healing can happen. So I'm joined by Brazilian-born meditation teacher, spiritual guide, author, and transformational speaker, Sada Simone, here at the Sixth Senses on the opening day of the Alma Wellness Festival. And I've just witnessed a stunning opening ceremony facilitated by Sada. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, first up, you know, where did you dream up such an incredibly dramatic um, opening to such a, a momentous occasion? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, the somatic activated healing method, um, which is what I guided today, I started uh, right before the pandemic. It was, um, you know, I was meditating, breathing, chanting affirmations and dancing. And I was putting the final product on social media. And, um, and the impact that he had was kind of wild and then through that Deepak Chopra's team it was like can you come teach this at our retreat and I was like teach what I'm just meditating breathing chanting mantras and dancing I don't have a method for it and then when I was asked to teach at the retreat at his retreat alongside him it was like such a mind-blowing opportunity that I started to study okay so I meditate I breathe I chant these mantras and then I dance What's actually like, what is this combined uh, power of these four practices together? And then the more I started to study in my own world and started to share with people was kind of like a, um, you know, a research practice of getting to know how people, how quickly can I get people back into their body? Um, So the combination of these four practices really do bring you back into your body fast. So um, it looks wild if someone's walking in and just looking at us practicing like, oh, my God, look at these freaks. But if you check in with the crowd now, they're going to say, wow, I do feel my mind is much more relaxed. My body's much more free. You know, I feel like I'm alive again. So that's what I hear so often from all the students and, and clients and people who participate in this practice. So people at this hotel kind of need to check in before they check out. Exactly well said. Yes, yes, yes. And the quickest way to check in is, like I said earlier, is through the breath, you know. And it's it's one thing to just dance and move. Uh, it's fun. But to move in a somatic way, you have to be aware of your breath. You have to be aware of what's happening in your body. So you heard me saying throughout the whole time, get back into your body. Use your breath. Use your breath. And partnering the moves with the breath and the moves with these affirmations, it's a really amazing way to you know, get people back into experiencing themselves from the inside out and checking in, you know. Where do these um, mantras come from? Like, where does one find a mantra? I mean, I guess when you study transcendental meditation, you know, you're given that mantra, that's but that's right. clearly, you know, you come up with these things from, from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So 
the way I work with mantras are more in the sort of the Western way, more like a more like a positive affirmation. You know, my background is in Buddhism, and we do chant these you know mantras that are in Pali, Sanskrit. You know, these um, one could say these dead languages. Um, but in my work, I I work with affirmations that I find refuge in. You know, the ones we did today. Um, was all of my problems have a solution. And we go through life thinking that our problems don't have a solution because our minds are so focused on if this, if it doesn't happen the way I want it to happen, that's not a solution. So when you open yourself up by working with that affirmation, by breathing with it, by moving with it, um, you can look at your problem in a, in a new way. You can look at your problem with a new perspective. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I have this creative way of resolving this or, or going about it or the problem is no longer a problem. That's what happens a lot of the times, you know. You talk about this sort of state of like zombies and which I love because I think <laughs> there's this very sort of stigmatized situation where we're all very um, internal and very static I think in the way that we're looking at wellness and I think that's you know clearly your approach as I've actually just witnessed <laughs> firsthand is very very different to that and it's very embodied and it's very um, explosive that's right that's right you know I if you saw me in India in like 2014 2015 I would I was serving you the zombies then I was literally like Hello, Sa. You know, I'm so happy. I'm so sad. It was very sort of monotone. I would, you know, I had this whole idea that to be spiritual, you had to, you know, um, be very uh, monotonous and very sort of serious. And the more serious you were, um, the more spiritual you were. I had this completely convoluted, mistaken view of, of what liberation really genuine looks like, you know. And I'm not saying that everybody through the spiritual healing journey will be explosive, bold, loud, flamboyant, uh, you know, utterly self-expressed. But there is a degree of that that I think a lot of us are really longing for, that we refrain from doing it because we're afraid of being judged, you know. And it wasn't until I was sitting in a private audience with uh, Jetsuma Tenzin Palmo, this, this great saint. She spent 12 years in a cave in India. And she says, you know, in, in short, what I remember from the meeting is that you're here to teach joy. And I was like, that was like the permission slip that I needed to really do what I feel called to do. And, you know, when I look back, a lot of the, the times... I felt like the teachers can be cracking jokes. The teachers can be funny. The teachers get to be flamboyant and loud and bold and, and playful. But us, we are not worthy of that. We have to be very serious, very sort of zombie-like. And I was like, no, if we are progressing and transforming because we're, if we're practicing with this teacher because we want to be more like this teacher, why am I holding myself back from being more joyful, from being more playful? And it didn't land for me into much later, you know? So my, my wish for everybody is that they realize that the spiritual path is to help us become more playful, more lighthearted, more joyful, not in a way that we neglect our problems and we um, bypass our our, 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 our challenges, but we can call upon resilience to greet life with a smile on our face, you know, 
a lot of us hide behind various masks and guises in our life and it's clear that you know in the fashion world which is where you were at one point in your life like probably a lot of the guests that have come to Alma you know there's a lot of great outfits going on out there tonight but I think you know what is that moment that you um, kind of fully dropped in and became you know maybe it was in India when you when you had that moment with a guru who you know told you that it was about bringing joy but like how did you arrive to that point where perhaps you realize that actually you could develop this new technique of your own to actually you know bring authentic kind of movement and expression mm-hmm. well first of all yes everybody's impeccably dressed <laughs> um you know working in fashion i was masking addiction anxiety and depression and i was a high performer you know no one no one would ever know that i was struggling with you know all kinds of demons at that point um The real big transformation happened halfway through a 30-day silent retreat in Nepal where first half of the retreat, I was like judging everybody. I was like, why is everyone crying? Why is everyone like losing their shit? They probably probably have all kinds of demons. They probably have done all kinds of, 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 of hurtful things in the world. They probably have a lot to work on. And I was so disconnected from my body. I was so disconnected from my from from myself that I was so numb and so unaware of how repressed, how much I've been repressing so much of my guilt, my shame, you know, my fear, my anger. And uh, through their retreat, halfway through it, everyone kind of settled in, you know, start stopped wailing and and going to despair. And there was me. Me like, oh my God, I've hurt people. I've been such an asshole. Excuse my language. I've been, you know, such a jerk. Oh my God. And that everything started to come up. All the guilt, the shame, the blame, the regrets, the anger, the rage that was all suppressed. They started to come up. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is what the work is about. And then at the end of the retreat, I made a vow. I said, if I take these practices and I practice them every single day for a year and my life changes, then I will keep, I'll keep doing this. Um, but never with the intention of teaching, always like very selfish. I want to do this for me because I feel like shit. I want to feel better, you know? Um, so I gave it a year and then my life radically changed. And then through that year of, of, of living by that vow, um, essentially a vow of nonviolence, right? Essentially like trying to walk a, 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 a life, create a life of, of more peace. And, you know, through that, I people were, were started to magnetize towards me in, in, a, in this really interesting way, not because I looked a certain way, not because I had any sort of status, because at this point, you know, I, I pretty much had nothing to offer people except for my presence, you know, not like saw in the fashion world with the celebrity friends, with the big job, with the da da da, all the stuff that I had to show people for, you know, I, that I had the opportunity to show people that I had stuff to show for, you know. Um, but at this time, all I had was like my presence and, and that started to draw people to me. And then through that, it was kind of a natural wave of like, okay, you know, I'm feeling better. And as you feel better, start to want to help other people feel better. So it was in the fall of 2014 that the 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 big break happened. And then, of course, I, you know, um, I refresh my intention every day and I, I get to kind of um, make this commitment to helping other people as a way of helping myself every day, you know. Mm. 
What do you what do you think about Ibiza as a place to heal specifically? Because I know that you've been here before and, you know, it's obviously very yin and yang. You've got the kind of hedonistic pursuits that are obviously mm-hmm. exemplified and amplified by this magical lump of rock that's, mm-hmm. you know, been created on a bed of crystals, which, you know, gives a special something if you do come here to party. But I also think, you know, a festival like this where you've got such an amazing lineup of people all coming here, as you said, with a very pure intention, mm-hmm. something also happens. So I don't know. I I know you've run retreats here before, mm-hmm. but what's your personal experience of actually doing this kind of work on Ibiza? Oh, honey. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I have a lot to say about it. Um, it is a little bit of, um, you know, what's the wisest thing I can say? Um, I think a lot of people think that the spiritual journey is about feeling good all the time, and it's not. Um, it's about, you know, being open and and by being open, you do feel different. Um, so I think being in Ibiza is a, you know, it's you really have to make an intentional choice that I'm here to transform, I'm here to heal, I'm here to liberate myself, I'm here to to become a better mother, a better friend, a better boss, a better, you know, a better version of myself and bring that better version of ourselves to the world. Um, but it, it is kind of this thing where, you know, um, you get to finish a deep profound practice and 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 drink and you know it's it, you really have to sort of make a very concerted effort to i'm here to transform you know um even my retreat in ibiza last year i was really like oh my god we're at this hotel where everyone's drinking from 10 a.m until the sun goes down and goes up again and i was like oh my god how can we you know um how can we use these really challenging circumstances to transform? Um, it was challenging because it's very seductive, you know. Alcohol culture is very seductive. We're also so, um, you know, uh, it's so ingrained that having a drink makes you feel good. Uh, but it's it's just suppressing, repressing um, your feelings. That you're actually, um, it's such a, a, sh- a quick fix. So, you know, I... I do live a more sort of a radical life where I'm sober five and a half years. Um, so sometimes I can be kind of like strict about it. You know, when you are in retreat, you're here to like do the work. And also, I think when people do these profound, have these profound cathartic uh, uh, relevant, uh, revelations and, and moments of peace inside, their choices change. They don't feel the need to drink and numb out as much, you know. Um, you know, I hope that people make better choices while they're in retreat, you know. Um, so that's 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 what I think about it. Mm. I think it's just a very, you know, interesting dance, you know, to, to cultivate that awareness on an island like this one. It's um, it's hard. You know, I came here also to teach yoga, you know, like eight, nine years ago yeah. and trying to be a yoga teacher and you know walk the path as I used to call it of the yogic lord it was like trying to be a good girl all the time and it was it was hard and yeah. I think you know when you're in an environment like this where there's so much temptation not that there isn't in New York where mm-hmm. you come from but it's you know it's like having a foot in both camps how does mm-hmm. one cope with that and how do you you know balance your life so that's interesting that you've completely quit all of that mm-hmm. what brought you to that point I had to you know, there was a point that I, I had all these like really large speaking engagements and I talked to one of my mentors and and she said, if you speak to all these people and they receive your guidance and your guidance is a little murky, it's a little foggy because 
you're getting drunk and high the night before or a couple days before and there's still a little fog in your mind. Um, this is more if you hold the Buddhist view, then it makes more sense. But if you don't, essentially she just said you're going to give bad instructions and it's going to be your fault. It's going to be your karma. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got enough of myself, to, enough of my own to work on. So I said, uh, enough is enough. And, you know, it's, I think I, I was at Boom Festival uh, in Portugal um, two and a half years ago. And, um, and it, it was, that was the moment that marked, it was like halfway of my, halfway mark of my sobriety, that it marked uh, my ability to, to not judge other people for drinking and not judge myself, feeling like I'm missing out, feeling like I'm not having enough more fun or I could be having more fun if I had a couple of drinks or I did this or that. Um, I arrived at a place of, of just feeling like more satisfied, you know, like the present moment was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel the need to always add something to embellish, always feeling like something's missing. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess it does take two and a half freaking years to feel okay, you know, uh, taking a step back from from drugs and alcohol. Um, so essentially what I want to offer with that, it's like if you have been rehearsing numbing out, if you have been rehearsing distracting yourself, um, you know, by binge watching TV, by overeating, by drinking too much, by partying too much, um, if you've been rehearsing that and you want to change, then see if you can take some time off. See if you can take like one day off, two days off, three days, a week, a month, and, and just kind of see. But, you know, I, I do have friends and and even teachers who, who still drink and still do um, uh, different kinds of uh, work with different kind of, 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 of medicines, you know, as it's called. Uh, some of these psychedelics are can be used as medicine um that you know it's very powerful for them and um i just for me i have such an addictive personality that (laughs) it's either i'm all in or i'm all out so for me it works great that i'm off of it that i'm really practicing presence and rehearsing being in my body so for everyone who's listening if you want to change your life, notice what you have been rehearsing. If you've been rehearsing chaos and rehearsing um, distraction and numbing out, um, see if you can rehearse something new and, and, and try. And it's going to be hard. I'm not going to say it won't be hard. And, and be gentle with yourself. Take oh, this one minute. I'm choosing to be lucid. I'm choosing to be in my body. This next minute, I'm choosing to be lucid. I'm choosing to be in my body. Oh, I spent a whole day. Wow, great job. Celebrate the small, the small, um, all, the, all the little moments that you were able to stay awake, you know, because it's too easy to be asleep. All the systems that are at play, everything that's, you know, we're so overstimulated um, by all the things that are being thrown at us constantly. It's, it's, it's really hard to not be seduced and engaged into all of the chaos of life and then you you look at the regrets of the dying and it's like wow I wish I lived more I wish I loved more I wish I cared more I wish I did that thing and we're not doing the thing we're not living our dreams because we're rehearsing chaos and I know chaos can be kind of a edgy word but just notice if like if there's just a slow level sort of subtle level of like chaos that you're creating in your life you know um, I know I still have a trail of chaos and I'm 10 years in, you know, 10 years into practicing presence and practicing lucidity. 
just see if there's a, if you can um, make a different choice, you know, one different choice today. You, you know, obviously you crafted this kind of um, creativity, I think, in the wellness world on Instagram, which is obviously, you know, a, a king of distraction. But I think particularly throughout lockdown, you provided a lot of joy and a lot of hilarity and almost mm-hmm. um, parody, really, in the way that you kind of you took yeah. the mickey out of people. And yeah. I, I find that really beautiful because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the wellness world has gone online in that sort of social media world, which some people think that's kind of like you know detracting in some ways from obviously what we're trying to achieve in our own personal world so I, f- I find that really interesting the way that you developed that and that, how did that feel to kind of like obviously things have exploded since then mm-hmm. well a couple of things happened tiktok found me and they're like hey can you create 45 uh, piece of content for us we're looking for people in the wellness and the spiritual space to start to populate the platform and i was like I'm kind of busy, but sure. And I, and then one thing led to another, and it was just like I, I found another way of expressing myself. And then it became a daily marker of something that I had processed and actualized. So every piece of content you're looking at, it's like you're reading my journal. You know, all the chaos that I have transformed and found, um, you know, peace in and found beauty in and, you know, all the healing that's taking place inside of me. It's what all those pieces of content are. Um, and the, the humor comes in because it is really ridiculous, the things that we do. If you're just looking at my, peeking into my window, I'm chanting a dead language. I'm doing these moves. I'm breathing. I'm meditating. I'm singing. I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things behind closed doors. They're so ridiculous looking. Um, but I walk out into the world in a completely new way. I'm actually able to genuinely care for the person who's who's unhoused living at the corner of my of my building. I'm actually genuinely able to care for the tap into our humanity 
with the waitress, with everyone who's around us, with all the strangers, I'm able to, to remember, just like me, they want to be happy. And just like me, they suffer, you know? This kind of common humanity is, is always available when you practice. Um, but, and essentially, it's, you know, the, the humor has, like, really saved me because I had gotten really, really sort of a stiff and then I was kind of like the Dharma police. If you weren't as peaceful, if you weren't as spiritual, you're cut off. And I was like, I, I've given in to cancel culture. I've given in to things that I don't stand for. Um, and the more playful you are, you know, and the more it, it just, I think being playful shows, shows a, a quality of flexibility in the mind. And I think flexibility in the mind is is, a, is an attribute of someone who's transforming. So it wasn't there early on. I was very serious. I was posting those photos with the very sort of, you know, uptight posture of meditation with my eyes closed and this perfect sort of look, you know, mm-hmm. until I started to really have deep revelations like, you know, um, and through that I started to become more playful. So Check in with yourself. Are you becoming more playful? Are you becoming more serious? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times when I when I hang out, vast majority of times, actually, let me take that back. All the time that I hang out with like very very serious practitioners, people who are actually profoundly devoted to peace, profoundly devoted to being awake and being liberated in this lifetime, we laugh so much. You know. I can see that you bring that to the table. That's, that's a beautiful uh, quality that you have. Lastly, I mean, what was it like to open up, you know, a festival like this one in, in such a beautiful spot? Such an honor. So profoundly grateful. Like truly, you know, being here, it's such a short trip for me. I, I'm, you know, going back to my room after this to pack up and leaving uh, at the top of the morning. It's an honor. It's such a profound honor because... I've I've loved Six Senses and I was like, oh my god, this hotel is so stunning. They stand by their ethos matches my ethos. There's so much synergy here. And when I was approached to to be at the festival and and open, I was like, what am I gonna bring to this space? You know? Um and then I, you know, you kind of plan things and then I was telling the producers earlier, I'm, I'm just kind of going to go into that place. I call it the blackout. I call it the place of like cosmic transmission where I just stand in front of the crowd, breathing, being present, and whatever comes through, comes through. So um, I, I, you know, offered what was like what I think was meant to, to be offered as the opener. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope it was well received and people got something out of it and and good job to Six Senses. Good job to the Alma Festival, and and what a what a amazing privilege for everyone to be here, you know. And and I'm honored to to be opening this incredible festival. You are king of the best mantras. Can you give us just one to close this interview with to take away with us? I am open to miracles. I am open to miracles. See if you can carry that with you throughout the day. See if you can find refuge in this mantra. See if you can, as you start to spiral into criticizing yourself or criticizing the world, see if you can pause, take a deep breath. See if you can put a smile on your face, even if it doesn't feel real. And then whisper the mantra, I'm open to miracles. 
You know, I'm open to miracles. Sometimes I just, you know, scream it out. <laughs> and it really does uh, start to shift your mind. But work with the breath first. You know, let the breath bring you back into your body, bring you back into presence, and then say the mantra out loud. I'm open to miracles. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you all. Thank you. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. Coming to you every day.